Boss, this is Billy. I've got something urgent to report to you. Yeah? Well, boss, we've just seen that snake just now. Yeah? Did you get rid of that fucking snake yet? There's a problem. Oh, yeah? The snake's changed. It's even bigger now. So I think it's best if you send out the plane. Over. Welcome to Second Class Cinema, the show where we watch a B-movie and immediately discuss. I'm Tom. I'm here with Brittany, Eric, and Fallon. Hi, Tom. Hi, Fallon. Hello. <laughs> what about Brittany? <laughs> Just forget Hi, Eric. Way. Oh. Yes, hello, Fallon. Hello, everyone. First yeah. time guest. First time guest, Fallon. Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling like my brain needs to be reassembled after <laughs> what we just saw today but i'm up for the challenge oh good that's good to know um and before we dive into the movie um let's just get this out of the way fallon what's your relationship with b movies as we ask all of our first time guests i love b movies i'm not trying to brag or anything but i've, <laughs> I've actually taken uh college courses specific <laughs> to b movies i've taken classes on exploitation cinema and camp films i watched pink flamingo goes twice in two separate college classes. Wow. <laughs> I'm not saying Pink Flamingos is necessarily a B-movie, but anything right in that vein. Um, my favorite type of B-movie is probably kind of in the lifetime sleazy exploitation thriller. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh that's very specific. I yes, like, that. like a stalker movie, a really good like stalker movie. Oh, those are good. <laughs> so you're way more educated than we are. Overqualified. You probably, yeah, you're overqualified. <laughs> you probably would have loved Zipperface. <laughs> <laughs> I love it based on the name. <laughs> um, but yeah, on that, let's uh, let's go over what we watched tonight. And we watched uh, Thunder of the Giant Serpent. <laughs> and this could be only one person's pick. Hi. And that was Eric. Yep, me. Er Eric picked this film. Why did you pick this one? I feel like that title is a lie. <laughs> I never remember it. I had to look at my notes even to say it again. <laughs> you had to ask me how to spell serpent before we started. <laughs> yeah, I'm blown away. Okay, so um, this is uh, another Godfrey Ho movie we haven't done on uh, Godfrey Ho since uh, Robo Vampire, way yeah. back in like episode 9 or 10. Yeah, I think it's 10. Uh, Maybe. So for a quick rundown on what Godfrey Ho does, uh, back in the 80s, he would take unfinished movies that were unmarketable for whatever reason. Uh, he would take the unfinished footage and he would splice in like 20 minutes of his own footage, mash it all <laughs> together, try to make it make sense by overdubbing it, and then push it out. So basically, he could make five movies for the budget of one. That's pretty uh, cool. And when apparently it was a pretty successful business venture, <laughs> so I can't knock it. No, it, it, it's cool. I, it's a, it's always a valiant effort. One of my, I've only seen two of his movies, but I'd say one of my favorite parts is just seeing if I can differentiate <laughs> what he did and what he got, and seeing how they connect. I was googling him beforehand, and I found him described as quote quite the insane hack. <laughs> well, Accurate. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, uh, most of his catalog is like really bad ninja movies. Mm. Um, I'm waiting to find a good one to bring to the podcast because I really don't want to subject you guys to something that's really boring. So. Yeah, <laughs> expect to see another Godfrey Ho on the horizon. Yeah, I think he fits the bill. <laughs> uh, so, what was this movie about? Okay, so the army is doing experiments on a new formula that's going to make plants and animals be able to grow up to 300 times their size. Uh, 300 to a thousand times. 300 to a thousand, correct? A lot. It's very. They make a giant frog. Yeah. It's grotesque. <laughs> um, they, uh, there, there's a terrorist group that is out to 
hijack this formula and use it for their own nefarious purposes, which is barely explained. Um, this, <laughs> no. this terrorist group led by a man named Bob Solomon, uh, who is going to use the formula to be in control of the world's food supply. Not quite sure how that works because there's still other food, even if you can make a 300-foot frog to okay. feed people with. But that's besides the point. They managed to um, attack the army base, and the formula gets lost in the, uh, the scuffle and ends up in the hands of a young girl named Ting Ting, who has a pet snake that she puts into the box containing the formula, and the snake grows giant whenever it is exposed to lightning. Yeah. And now the army, the police, a man who is working for the army named Ted Fast are all trying to recover the formula and take down the snake. Yeah. That, that pretty much wraps that up. That was surprisingly precise for yes. how all over the place this movie was. It illuminated several points for me. <laughs> I've become very talented at summarizing terrible movies. <laughs> it's yeah. not a good talent to have. That's a good skill. <laughs> So let's start off with uh, successes for the movie. Where do we think this movie did uh, something correctly, something that was enjoyable? I only have one plus, so you, I guess you. I'll go first. Um, I thought the music was awesome, but that kind of got ruined later when Eric told me that it was all <laughs> stolen music that he probably didn't have licensing for. My notes say uh, Godfrey Hoa has good taste in music as opposed to this movie has good music. <laughs> <laughs> True, um, I guess. There's a lot of really cool um, like synth pop from the 80s showing yeah, up in this movie. Yeah, like classical piano synth. Mm. Um, and specifically, there's like some weird, like there's a weird goth streak in this movie. Where, like, yeah. there was a shootout that was set to, like, Clan of Zymox, which is an old, like, dark wave band that I'm surprised would show up in this. And, like, the final showdown between Bob Solomon and Ted Fast is set to, like, a Sisters of Mercy song. And I would say that, actually, Lynn, the, the scientist who developed the formula, you know, she had some style to her. Did you yeah. notice that she had some, like, spiked hair, you know, a little, she was a little edgy looking little, for a scientist, I thought. Yeah. Some punk. goth style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what were you saying this movie came out in... Or it was made in 1980? It was made in 1980, but not released until 1988. So that would explain the fashion. It looks extremely <laughs> late 70s. Yeah. So, yeah, like pleated skirts down to your ankles with giant sweaters that are four sizes too big. <laughs> well, that and I think like um, if the 1980s part was the giant snake part, then that totally makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That was very, very monster movie of, of the past. Yes. Yes. Um. What else do we have for positives? I, I so I well, real, real quick, I thought when this movie first started, I was like, you know what, this movie's sh a straight shooter. We got ourselves, <laughs> we got ourselves something that was like, this makes a lot of sense. At, when it started, <laughs> what gave it that? Well, because <laughs> what the, uh, everyone who was speaking, what gave you that impression? <laughs> everyone who was speaking was so exact in what was happening, what they were. Everything was face value. And I, for a while, I appreciated that. I was like, oh, you know, I could follow along. Was this before or after the snake that speaks English? <laughs> like um, nodding his head in agreement when asked if he wants a snack. It was during. <laughs> <laughs> I followed that. <laughs> All right. But then didn't much. Fallon, you look like you had something to say about that. It's funny that you use the words straight shooter. I didn't <laughs> I did not think that necessarily about the plot, but I I don't want to derail us, but I did want to talk about Ting Ting's father, who I thought was the ultimate straight shooter. <laughs> that man was all business. I'm trying to decide how best to explain him, perhaps through some of his own dialogue. Oh, perfect. We love quotes on the show. Starting when he called his wife a coward. 
for being uh, afraid of a snake. Very reasonable fare. Yeah. <laughs> uh, later, I won't have a monster in my house. I wrote that down <laughs> too. I was like, that's pretty funny. Very matter of fact. Yeah. Very matter of fact. And uh, when he has a bunch of gangsters uh, storming into his garage, he just tells them, you're trespassing. <laughs> <laughs> you're trespassing. Like law-abiding citizens this to me. Is- a true salary man. Yeah, it's, it's hard to explain, but I really felt that his charm added a added a little extra something to his otherwise insufferable child. And I'm, <laughs> I'm very curious to see what everyone else thinks of Ting Ting, who is, as Eric said at the beginning, the holder of the formula and uh, the giant snake. <laughs> snake master. Well, we can transition to failures pretty soon. <laughs> uh, I th- also thought this movie had some pretty ace stuntmen. Yes. I'd say they were over the top. Yeah, they were really over the top. And as far as, as these movies go, that's, that's kind of how these movies roll. So if they were boring, I think I'd put it in a failure. Since they were over the top, I'm putting it in successes. Those were interpretive dance moves that we saw. I saw, <laughs> I saw some pirouettes. <laughs> It's a lot of corkscrew flips. Yeah, I mean, it's acceptable, I feel like, in this situation because if the rest of the movie is just going to be meh, you might as well really reach for the stars on any death scenes you're going to do. For sure. Yeah, the action choreography was really cool. Yeah. Every death was a front flip. <laughs> yeah. Single one. Even some of the, the quick fight scenes that they had, even though they were really short, really quick, they were high-paced, high-energy stuff. Mm. They, moved, they moved quickly. Anything else for positives? Or are we... Uh, is that pretty much it? Before I'm pretty we... much tapped out. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Okay, that's so. Let's go to failures then. Well, the effects were atrocious. Obviously, <laughs> the snake looked like a giant tootsie roll slash, slash turd, turd. <laughs> <laughs> slash like plastic bag stuffed with turds. Yeah. So there were three three stages to this snake. There was little tiny snake nodding his head on the bed. There was medium-sized snake in a shed, nodding his head. Well, if you want to call that a medium-sized snake, it's still about the size of an anaconda that's like 30 feet long. Well, the, yeah, and then we'll, we've got our extra-large snake, which then... King Kong snake. Yeah, the King Kong part of the whole movie. The chugger of snakes, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> One could say that. One could. Uh, so, so the effects are bad. What else do we have about the effects? You know what? About anything? It's weird. <laughs> as bad as the snake effects were... And as obvious as the miniatures were that they used in this movie, I kind of liked the miniatures. Okay. Yeah. It's, I don't know why. Well, we don't really get to see miniatures anymore. So now when you see them in movies, they're, they're kind of neat. It was yeah, kind charming. of charming. It was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to see like the craftsmanship that went into like creating this really terrible movie that no one ever got to see. Yeah. Like a little train sets like choo-chooing along. You're like, oh, <laughs> cute. Yeah. I can appreciate those. I did have that in the uh, the failures part, but I still appreciate it. <laughs> what else we got, guys? I thought like the the tone of this movie was really weird. <laughs> like it would go back and forth between like this little girl and her pet snake, like having fun and playing hide and seek, and you know the snake saves her from a falling tree, and it's very heartwarming. It's like and Pete's then, Dragon meets Commando. Yeah, and then it turns into like this hard boiled like military <laughs> shootout thing, <laughs> where like people are being murdered in the face with Uzi. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like I kept that pace for a while before mm. it went back to the snake, and I was like, oh, the snake is my favorite part. Isn't there a snake in this movie? <laughs> Yeah. But give me more snake. <laughs> yeah, I had a certain innocence to it at times. And I think that goes a lot with like her family and stuff, like her and her family. Mm-hmm. 
that gave it this weird childish vibe. And then the other side of it was like really hard. Mm. They were swearing. Like, I don't know. I don't remember a lot of F words. A lot of F words. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of fucks. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, hey, guys. Um, but yeah, no, that, I, I can follow that. Yeah. And it was, it was strange because I was expecting that kind of like weird tone deafness to maybe pop up because of like the Godfrey Ho editions. But it seems like that was part of the original script. Yeah. Very weird. Totally. I had a huge beef with the sound effects of the snake. Oh, the pterodactyl noises. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like a wild, pissed off chimp. Yeah. That was just like. <laughs> yeah, he totally sounded like a bird. I was like, why is it not just like making a th yeah, like a sound whenever it. Or like a really beefy rattle. Yeah. Yeah, they really, really fucked that it one up. It was almost like a pterodactyl. <laughs> no, it was definitely Chimp a pterodactyl. Now that you mentioned it. <laughs> um, yeah. What else we have for failures? Fallon, what do you got? I just had at the fundamentals of the plot, um, I, I came over and over again to this point of what exactly the consequences. <laughs> what was the end game for this formula? Why did the terrorists want it? What was their master plan? How is it going to figure into mass food production? And how are they going to obtain armies from the developed countries? It, that's actually like a separate point is I just loved how vague all the terms were. It was the army, the military, the, yes, the government, the terrorists. I actually had a question about that because at one point he's like, "Underdeveloped countries will go, will ask for help from us." I was like, "Like so great, you'll be a philanthropist." Yeah, <laughs> only like they don't have money or anything. That's why they're underdeveloped. <laughs> like, what are they gonna pay you in? Also, I mean, it didn't seem like a formula. It seemed like a magic box to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, what was in the box? Electricity. That's it. And magic. Oh, okay. Science. Oh, so there's magic, electricity, and science in this box. Yeah. And so then all that make a giant snake. Yeah. Since when are terrorists into helping people? I, I mean, don't know. I guess you could make a stretch that they would be trying to make, like, some sort of serfdom class in, like, maybe, like, a third world country. <laughs> Agro-terrorists. I, I really don't know what his... Get, his he explains his entire plot in, like, one sentence at the beginning of the movie. And <laughs> <no fucking> sense. <laughs> nonsense. Uh, it's nonsensical. Yeah. I, uh... Yeah, there's definitely some problems with the plot. And I, I had some beef with Ting Ting. So annoying. Yeah. Sure. She was very, very frustrating. Question. Very grating. Over under on how many times she said this mysterious snake's name on 50. <laughs> oh, easily. And we still don't over. know the snake's name. Over. Over. Yeah. I'm going to say. I'm going to say this. Uh, I'm going to say this. Under. Under 50. Yeah. I think it's over. I think it's over 50 in the last scene alone. I kind of <laughs> want to go back and rewatch it. And count some. Do a count. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's over 50, and I'm pretty sure the snake's name was Bosley. Something. What do we think this next? I, I was reading comments on IODB. Oh, okay. And somebody said Martha. Definitely not Martha. <laughs> somebody said Mozar? Mosler? Mosler? I heard Mosler. Mosler. Mosla. No idea what the snake's Maserati. fucking name Mazda was. Miata. Yeah. We just kept calling it a car. different name every time we'd refer <laughs> to it. <laughs> yeah, the Boslerman. <laughs> Murtaugh. Yeah. Oh, I kind of like Bosley first. Bo I, I like Bosley. Damn I can, we can call him that. <laughs> um, any any other failures? I mean, uh, overall, I mean, this was this was one of those '80s actiony monster movie ADR over the top kind of movies. So, yeah, I feel like this was just like a bunch of different people wanting a government secret, and occasionally a giant snake would show. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds better on paper. 
It really yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, because there would be entire scenes where Ted Fast mm-hmm. is just making, is just making, making phone, phone calls. <laughs> He's calling into the other movie like, did you get the snake yet? And they're like, we'll let you know. Let's share information. Okay, bye. Cut scene. This gets back to what you were saying about the tone. Ted Fast was strangely blasé about all of this. Oh, yeah. I think he even knew the stakes were bullshit. (laughs) He, like, didn't help at all. He stayed in the office until the last second. And then when the snake was already dead, he showed up to, like, kill that other guy. (laughs) I kind of like that they set Ted Fast up to be a total badass. And he spends the entire movie making phone calls. <laughs> He's got Steven Seagal syndrome. He's got to beat up on a schlubby guy with a mustache. <laughs> Unworthy opponents. A constant stream of them. Um, uh, anything, any other uh, places where this movie fell short? That's about all I got. Yeah. I'm trying. I just want to talk more about how much I hate that little girl. <laughs> all right, we can do Her that. voice was so fucking annoying. Yeah. It was so screechy and she just screamed the whole time. Yeah. She did. Yeah, I think this movie was dubbed by like the same studio that pretty much dubbed everything else that came out of Hong Kong between 1980 and like now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely heard voices that were in Riccio. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, do you want to talk about her understanding of the nature of snakes? I mean, I know that you had a big reaction when she was feeding the snake fish. Yes, she was like, "You want some fish?" And it would be like, "Yeah." She would be like, okay, I'll be back. And she said it like 10 times, which you know what is so weird because she kept saying how she wanted to feed him fish and she never did. And at dinner, our waitress kept coming back and repeating the same things to us (laughs) before she would do them. Do you think? And they're both Asian. (laughs) Coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you're going to have to cut that out. I just need to share it immediately. That ain't going anywhere. (laughs) We were served by Ting Ting tonight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the whole time I was just like, I don't feel bad for you. Like you're causing so much destruction <laughs> because you just keep calling the snake and then he plows over the entire fucking city to get to you. Like you're killing thousands of people right now. Yeah. And I didn't get that part either. You selfish asshole. Like what connection was so magical for them that they were just bonded for life? Okay. Well, I, I have a theory about oh, oh, this. Perfect. Well, not, not a theory, but a, a comparison, if you will. There's a point in the movie we can all agree where the snake, um, Mosler, he took a turn <laughs> from like lovable kind of beach bum, you know, playing volleyball, <laughs> <laughs> just playing beach, beach volleyball with Ting Ting to destroying the city. Yeah, and I thought this reminds me of another misunderstood. Um, creature i thought could this kind of be a drogan denarius thing (laughs) where Ah. he starts off innocent but he's just by his very nature the beast will come out true they had this this connection felt a little game of thrones to me (laughs) (laughs) rip off very nice (laughs) this movie from 1980 totally ripped off game of thrones guys (laughs) godfrey ho how could you i know um no, I, I, I can buy that as a theory. If Godfrey Ho could invent a time machine to rip something off, he totally would. Yeah. I also didn't know if, like, as he got bigger, he kind of got, like, meaner or got, like, yeah, just basically, like, just like, <laughs> just like Drogon. She grows into their animal instinct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She mounts him at one point. <laughs> That's right. In a, 
Holy crap. Yeah. I would actually like to talk even more about that. I feel <laughs> that this movie <laughs> at its heart was um it was a coming of age for Ting Ting. This was a girl <laughs> becoming a woman. Yeah. With her giant snake. Like yes, I didn't I, want to talk about that. No, but yeah. no, we should go there. Okay. You know, much like uh the short story A White Heron by uh Sarah Orne Jewett. Yeah. Uh made famous for its scene in which a young girl uh, climbs a tree symbolic of her sexuality. <laughs> and I remember my ninth uh, grade English teacher telling me, Fallon, when you see uh, read, <laughs> read about a young girl mounting a tree, that's sex. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to think that we cannot overlook this. This was a young girl <laughs> mounting a serpent, coming of age. The first beginning of the movie, she had been bullied by these boys who were telling her, you can't win a foot race, you're just a girl. And now she's this empowered woman. Snake queen. Riding her snake. <laughs> this is the I most mean, analysis that's ever been done on this movie. <laughs> it's really creepy I, when you think about it, though. Yeah. Because you know some, like, old Asian guy wrote that. <laughs> and Asian people have weird fetishes. Sorry. Mm -hmm. just going to say it. They, they put her in that pink cat sweater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? This is all very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just needed to... This was the movie I saw. I no, <laughs> I, that, that, Rife with phallic symbolism. It makes perfect sense. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm 100% in on that. Uh, here I comes the rain again. See, I didn't want to go into the whole... The whole Snake phallic part of penis. it. Yeah, I didn't want to go to the whole snake dick part. But then you also did say that there was an ejaculation within two minutes of the movie starting. That's so true. That is also true. <laughs> so maybe deep down I really wanted to do that. But yeah, no, I, I, I felt that transition in her life with, with this whole whole thing going on. <laughs> it's beyond it's clear as day to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess with that we can transition to favorite parts unless anyone has any outstanding questions they'd like to ask from this movie, if anyone is confused. Anyone? I just had the question about why the snake speaks English and can nod in I agreement. Can understand English, yeah. Right from when he was a little tiny why. snake in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> snake in her bed. Yeah. Yep. Well, like, question. Did we see how she got this snake or did she just have it and seen one? She just had it. I think she, she just finds it. She yeah. had it in a bucket? Yeah. Right? Something or like that. Trying to feed it like crab eggs or something? No, they said? What the fuck was she feeding? Oh, yeah. Like Cadbury mini eggs. eggs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I tried to feed Her. it like eggs and stuff. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, totally. Um, um, oh, I have, I have, do have one question. Okay. Who keeps a toaster directly on the dining table? <laughs> That's a good question. This straightforward salary man. That's who does it. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Straight shooter. <laughs> Takes his toast straight from the toaster. Think how much time you would save just doing that every morning. A lot. Upwards of two seconds a day. Adds up. <laughs> I can say at least uh, 20 extra Moslers if, <laughs> if I toast my toast at the table. Do we think that by the end of the movie, this is a question, is yeah. Mosler more than a thousand times big than his original size? Oh, he's got I would say yes. More than a thousand? I'd say he's right about a thousand. Right about a thousand times yeah. as big as he started. I think <laughs> not a hair over. He was like a tiny one foot snake in her bed, and then he was like crushing bridges over rivers. <laughs> yeah. Beating up gangsters with his tail. Yeah. He climbed a skyscraper a la King Kong. Yeah, and they That's did true. say three hundred to one thousand, and I think his first go was probably about three hundred times bigger. Yeah, and then he got electrocuted again, bumped it all the way up to a thousand. I think the math stands. Was he or was he not getting electrocuted when he crushed the bridge? Wait, what? 
<laughs> what? what? <laughs> was he or was he not getting electrocuted again when he crushed the bridge and it was like... He was. Might have been, yeah. Okay, because I thought he got bigger. Maybe he maxed out. But I don't know. He only grew twice. It was very unclear. Yeah, because we were really cheering for him to grow, and then he did, and it was awesome. <laughs> and he looked like he she belonged at a mini golf course. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have to put the ball into his mouth and it comes up back. Yeah. yeah, it's the 18th hole in the mini golf course. Yeah. Mosler's mouth. That's why we should be throwing like onions into her mouth, into his mouth. He's <laughs> <That's> practicing. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. Do we answer that question? Yeah, I think so. What okay. question? <laughs> I'm so let's all start it. Uh, let's go to favorite parts. I don't remember what the question was. Let's just do favorite parts. Favorites. <laughs> what do we have for favorite parts? This is really reaching. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> go ahead. There's a scene where one of the doctors is escaping from the lab with the formula, and she bails out of the car with the formula, and the car immediately bursts into flames like stock footage <laughs> explosion. <laughs> I really appreciated the timing on that. Yeah. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I buy it. Um, I, one of my favorite parts of the movie is when we see Ting Ting and Mosler uh, just tossing around the beach ball, <laughs> having a good time. She's like, I'm going to make you a bed. And what was she does out of gosh that is one of the things she offers the snake <laughs> <laughs> creepy symbolism abound yeah and her dad like hated the snake too you know what I mean like, oh my god dad yeah, was like fighting it and then you can't you can't fight it you can't fight a woman you, know what I mean? <laughs> you can't fight a girl what? becoming a woman you can't fight it it's gonna happen I'm so glad you're all buying into my insane oh, theory all in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that layer sold it to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so tossing around the beach ball, having a grand old time, being 300 times bigger. <laughs> and another part I liked about that, too, is for a while, like, you, you would only see the snake if it was hidden behind the side of a shed or, like, a hill in grass. It was very Sesame Street. That version of the snake must have been really shitty. Yeah, that was mm -hmm. bad. That's the one that looked like one of those old wrestling stuff things with that mesh cover. Yeah, that was bad. Um, Fallon, what do you have for favorite parts? Favorite part? You just nailed it. It was the beach scene. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it was the lighthearted glimpse of childhood. <laughs> I guess they could have bonded there, like, deeply playing beach ball together. Beach ball? <laughs> I, uh, I, I enjoyed ball. Uh, various costume choices, okay. <laughs> such as uh, the Red Berets. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought in the beginning, you know, the gangsters kind of seemed like they were dressed for a round of golf. <laughs> and sort of kind of yuppified i i liked that and i liked how everyone had really basic names like solomon the terrorist <laughs> yeah ted the super soldier <laughs> billy the sub terrorist yes there's a bruce bruce the cop uh, yeah, bruce, bruce the cop. That's right. <laughs> yeah. i think this is um something that godfrey ho would traditionally do in all of his movies to make the movies more appealing to caucasian audiences which is usually why like you have the white guy actor part of the movie that's spliced into the unusable Asian footage. Yeah. So this is something that shows up in like every movie he's made. Now, do you think that was effective? Do you think I, it works? I mean, I know his reasoning. We're going to ratings soon, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you get your answer. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I guess. Uh, all right. Let's wrap up favorite parts. Anything else? Um, in the end, when Ted kills Solomon and his, his beret had fallen off and then he like shoots Solomon in the chest and walks over and like flips his beret with his foot and like grabs it in his hand 
and walks away like a cool guy. And then, <laughs> that's pretty sweet. And then pretty a hard awesome. title screen cut. The end. The end. <laughs> that was definitely the best part. <laughs> now you're missing how the beret fell off. He took the beret off of his head and disarmed Solomon by throwing it at his gun. <laughs> that is true. I totally missed that. <laughs> I was just like, what is Whoa. happening? So he got odd jobbed. Oh, yeah. Basically what happened. <laughs> um, the growing frog was pretty gross. That was kind of cool. Yep. Um, I wrote <laughs> the I am not having a monster in my house part. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. And then uh, when, I don't know if it was the terrorist or the army or who said it, but somebody just told somebody that they had no rights. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of the dialogue was I can't remember very... anybody's name because. Why would you? Yeah. yeah. It was very poor and very specific, <laughs> which is why I liked it so much. Which is the total opposite. <laughs> Um, all right, yeah, so oh, let's... Um, I do have one more favorite part. I have one more favorite part. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, during the final shootout, um, Ted Fast rips off a Clint Eastwood line and delivers it maybe the worst way possible. Oh, my so God. So wooden. About that. Go on, shoot. Make my day, punk. Oh, I forgot about that. And that just happened. Yeah, that was real bad. I think I just, yeah. my brain immediately was just like, nope. Yeah. Stop it. That was it. a blatant. I don't remember it at all. <laughs> Uh, all right, I guess with that, let's rate it. Rat it. So let's rate it then. Yeah, I'm gonna go. With yeah, I'm gonna you. have to give it an unfortunate fuck off. Oh my god, my fucking father. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. All right, let's begin with rating Thunder of the Giant Serpent. Let's let's rate it. Who wants to start? I can go. Let's go, Eric. I'll give it a fuck off. Fuck off. Um. I thought it was pretty standard Godfrey Ho outing. Um, it wasn't as amazing as Robo Vampire was, which I think is probably his best film. I just have to imagine there's nothing better than that. Uh, this had the typical, like, the Godfrey Ho footage is really only maybe like 15, 20 minutes of it. And the rest of it is this other film that's not really particularly anything special. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's not good either. So, I mean, you get some enjoyment out of, like, the very silly parts, but there's not really much of substance to there. So... I don't know. I for it, it's it's fun to pick out like the stolen music and laugh at the dialogue, but beyond that, there's not really much here. Yeah, I buy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any, anyone else want to go? I'm also gonna give it a fuck off. Okay. <laughs> I felt like it could have been more incoherent for the manner in which it was made. <laughs> um, some of the props were like funny. The like, if you love badly dubbed movies and want to see like really shitty monsters, then by all means watch this movie. But. If that's not your thing and you're into like some deep dialogue, <laughs> <then> <laughs> maybe pass on this. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll agree and give it a fuck off. And I think I gave Robo Vampire a fuck off. And I think we had a couple of fuck yes in here for Robo Vampire. I had to have given it a fuck yeah. I think you did. And I'm pretty sure that I was like, it was good, but it wasn't like, you know, as good as I wanted it to be in the way it was supposed to be good. And this one was basically the same thing. Like, I feel like I feel like the standard of Godfrey Ho movie is good enough to enjoy, good enough to watch, have a good time watching it. And then it's really not good enough to really hit a home run. <laughs> At least I haven't seen a home run yet. But I mean, this guy's done this 100,000 times. Yeah, it's like a Subway sandwich. You eat it and then you don't remember anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it hasn't like turned me off to like watching anything of his that we haven't seen in the future. Definitely don't worry, not. I'll find one. Yeah, please do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's save the best for last here. <laughs> I'm, I'm also giving it a fuck off. Okay. 
partly because of what Brittany said, the manner it's made. I think there's a certain artistry towards <laughs> the, the assembling of such a movie. If this Absolutely. had just been a script front to end, I think we start going into fuck you territory. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think of it as sort of a, a collage, I think that that actually is a little bit impressive <laughs> to totally. be able to do such a thing. And there was actually some legit carnage at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, city destruction and i thought the strange little girl storyline made it just quirky enough to be a fuck off (laughs) nice so it just got there great i had to hand it to them for crafting a mildly coherent storyline with bits of garbage yeah i mean i always commend the effort because you i mean like that's a good editing state of mind right so they had to edit this film with this other film and know what they had in order to know what they had to get to make the story that they wanted to make. And I guess it came out. What? (laughs) Hey, that made sense. I think I followed the meaning of it. Maybe not the words itself. No, I think that made sense. I'll stand by what I said. All right. Um, Playback. All right. Hold on. No, no, I, I commend the effort of doing that to a movie. And I know, you know, he's been described as a hack, but I also think that, yeah, there's a very specific artistry to that. Mm. And that's a, I like to see someone else try and do that. Like, I want to see someone else's attempt at that. I think... Oh, I'm sorry. I I was going to say, I really want to know if he was just, like, like, loved making movies and this was, like, the cheapest way for him to do that. And so he just took it and ran with it. Or if he was just, like, super money hungry and wanted to slap something together for a quick cash grab and then, like... But how much cash did this movie grab him? Actually, do you know, like, does... Do his movies make money? I, or is I'm that why sure. he has to make so many? Because they don't. <laughs> That's a good question. I'm pretty sure he managed to make so many on such a shoestring budget that he would just sell them in bulk, and he actually made a lot of money doing this. Well, I, think about it. So if if all you had to shoot was 20 minutes worth of stuff, that budget is real low, and we know what kind of stuff he's shooting. Yeah. Must all be and, in, like, editing. Yeah, I would say. And then, like, <laughs> they have to edit these two things together, but, I mean, you, there's no, there's so little pre-production, so little production that goes into this. And then he's just sending them off to video stores. I mean, I'm sure so many of these wound up in video stores. Oh, yeah. He's like old. on the, the huge, like the, the blockbuster hype in the late 80s, early 90s of just yeah. rentals. So he must have made bank. Yeah. And I mean, and it, on ripoff covers. I'm alone. sure this is on like a thousand thirty five bad movie packs. Oh, easily. Um, <laughs> especially for his ninja movies. Um, you'll find a, lo- a lot of those in like dollar store, like those little paper thin DVD things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other thing about that is, like, I think he would also really cut costs by basically filming, uh, in the case of his ninja movies, basically one big ninja scene, like, all at the same time. And then he would just splice those ninja scenes into, like, any other movie he could find. <laughs> so, like, he probably got a whole, like, dozens worth of movies shot on one set with one set of costumes and one set of actors. Yeah. So he probably made bank, even though the movies are terrible. And who, who says he even paid for the movies he ended up getting parts of anyway? I think he found like a warehouse full of movies. Yeah. I remember reading that somewhere. Unless it just wow. dropped. Just stumbled upon it. Lump yeah. sum, like here's so much money, and then you get like 80 unfinished films or something like mm-hmm. that. I mean, and then he's just churning out movies for little to nothing. Now, um, something that you mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we covered um, Hollywood Cop, mm. uh, you mentioned the auteur theory. Yes. And I think this might be a good application of it, that he was very skilled and adept at making these weird splice-up movies. So would you describe Godfrey Ho as an auteur? Yeah, that's funny you say that because I was thinking about that. And I'm not sure. So after watching two Amir Shravan movies, Mm -hmm. and I know he's got a bigger catalog than that, I would say he is just by the the blatant way he treated both those movies. But for this one, I'm not sure I can. 
I mean, they're stylistically the same, but I'm not sure that all the same themes are involved. I'd have to see more. Okay. I feel like because so much of what it is isn't his. Yeah. It might be hard to tell. That's mm, another. That's reason. a good point. Yeah, I mean, because there's there's the two mentalities you could subscribe to, uh, one of which is anyone could be an auteur and anything, and then there's the other one where it's just like it has to be like good, where it has to be like artistic and and you know, sweet. Uh, this is none of those. I find Ted Fast to be artistic and sweet. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess, I would say no, not not okay. not yet, not to me. I'll Sorry, have to watch we'll have more. To delve more. Bigger sample size. Would you consider okay. like Tarantino, someone who has like a like totally distinguishable style. Yeah. Yeah. If you flipped by one of his movies, you would be able to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Just from hearing the dialogue, which shots, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. able, I feel like that's kind of what defines it. If you can start picking out those hallmarks, every single one of their movie has Definitely. A, B, and C. Yeah. Like similar shots, similar dialogue. Which is hard to do when uh, most of the movie isn't yours. Of your movie isn't yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think if you took out all the Godfrey Ho footage and like put in a big lump, you'd be like, okay, yeah, this guy's got some reoccurring themes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm really interested to see more of his ninja movies because I feel like the tiny ninja aspects that have been in both of the <laughs> movies of his that I have seen have been the best parts. Okay, we'll get there. <laughs> I gotta I gotta find one I gotta find one that doesn't have like a really boring like movie that he pulled from because that's a big problem with a lot of his ninja movies. Yeah. Like you'll have like ten minutes of sweet ninja action and then it's like some movie about like a sick villager or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody cares about that. Oh, I just okay. want ninjas. <laughs> um yeah. So, any final thoughts before we wrap ourselves up here? Um, much like my last pick, uh, Robo War. This has some mysterious subtitles at the bottom in a language that I don't recognize. Oh, uh, totally. It's so, like Czech. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> if someone can uh, identify that and, and mail it to us in an envelope, that'd be great. <laughs> no, there looks like there were just math symbols down there. <laughs> it's like the Pythagorean theorem the whole time. Well, that was the formula. <laughs> this is the Greek. Oh, oh, the for sure. formula. <laughs> oh, it was definitely the formula. Thanks for hanging out with us, Fallon. Oh, thank yeah, you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming, enduring this movie with us, and then talking about it. <laughs> that's what we like doing. Might be the most qualified guest and hosts that we've had. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, this has been Second Class Cinema. We watched Thunder of the Giant Serpent. <laughs> um, and it got just a clean sweep of fuck-offs. So watch it if it sounds good to you. Yeah. I think so. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, that's, for, that's how we watch it. YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I always want people to, like, form their own opinions based on our synopsis, which are, sometimes are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes I think the if we have a good time during a bad movie, then it comes across as if it may have been a good movie, and that's not true. Mm -hmm. But we try and do our best to warn people when that happens. Uh, this has been Second Class Cinema. If you'd like more information, facebook.com slash secondclasscinema. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, and secondclasscinema.com. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Good night. Thanks again, Fallon. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thanks for being on. It's a national secret. I have a right to know. I'm a scientist. General, you're not thinking of testing on animals, are you? Mm-hmm.